Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Monkey Mind Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Andy Perez, along with Anthony Florentino, and today's guest is Father Bill Labby. Father Bill worked with the hockey team up at UMaine in my time there. He would run chapel for us every Wednesday and was always there if guys needed someone to talk to. He is someone that has helped me out a lot during my time at Maine and someone I still go to for help. He's been there for me at some of my lowest moments and has really put a lot of things into perspective. He's had his own personal struggles with anxiety and depression, and I think his outlook on mental health can be beneficial for others as it was for me. We also have an exciting announcement from our sponsor, Daily Dose CBD Inc. They've decided to up our discount to 20%. We're super fired up about this, and we know you are too. To pick up some of their amazing CBD products, head over to their website at dailydosecbdinc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND for 20% off all your purchases. That's dailydosecbdinc.com, promo code MONKEYMIND for 20% off all your purchases. Let's get into today's episode. Father Bill Labby, and uh, he was someone that has helped me quite a bit in the past, and um, you know, someone that I met over at the University of Maine, and someone that I spoke to um, a lot after, and um, has helped me out with a number of situations, and just helped me out in some of my darkest times. And um, yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. So thank you for you know taking the time out to speak with us. Well, thank you. Thank you for. Um for allowing me to do this. Um, you know, I, I, as, uh, as we talked about beforehand, I, I listen to every podcast. Uh, I feel like I, I never met Anthony, but I feel like I know him. Uh, we share a lot in common. So uh, as with a lot of your other guests who kind of know who they are, um, I suppose I should do like all your other um, other guests and tell them about my um, Division One athletic prowess, <laughs> which is uh, which is not not exact, you know, doesn't exist. Uh, I'm probably the oldest guest you'll ever have uh, on the show, but um, oh, that, yeah, please I, introduce yourself, though. <laughs> well, again, my name is Father Bill Labby. I was chaplain at UMaine for 14 years, so uh, I spent 14 years trying to get hockey players to come to Mass. Um, it, it, it worked some time, um, but I, I did uh, appoint myself as chaplain, self-appointed chaplain to the hockey team. So I would, um, uh, as a season ticket holder, be at every game. I sat right behind the uh, the opposition's net and um, often uh, at every game gave the team a blessing, prayed for their good um, health and uh, that they would play with uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. and. Um, and most of the times they did, and nobody got hurt often. Um, it was just great to be there. Um, uh, recently, you know, over the last 18 months, I was moved to Southern Maine, so I had to leave that life behind. Uh, I miss it immensely. I miss working with students. I miss um, uh, hanging out with athletes when that was possible. I also reached out to the football team, you know, as full service. Um, so I do miss that, but I, I discovered that I couldn't keep up with college kids. They're just much too, um, 
They have way more energy than I do. When I got there, I was 40-something. When I left, there was 50-something. It was just too much. So uh, they have a young person now. So that's basically who I am. I grew up in South Carolina. I escaped there um, as soon as I could to come back to Maine, where I was born. Um, Been a priest for 22 years. Did a lot of things before that. Um, And I I have anxiety, PTSD. and uh, depression and last few days, last few weeks have been um, really um, uh, off the scale anxiety, but having spent some time in intense therapy and in an inpatient um, uh, hospital, I've kind of learned to live with anxiety. Um, It's not going anywhere. It's going to be my friend for a while. It's annoying, uh, but it's not debilitating anymore. So that's me in a nutshell. Um, I have a great interest in, in helping people with these, uh, these um, illnesses because they're so prevalent, not only in young people and older people, uh, but they're so prevalent and not talked about. And I can tell you a couple of stories about um, being a terrible uh, counselor to some people as we progress but that's where i am at this point yeah Um, questions comments concerns yeah uh just uh, to build off what you said before um you know if you don't mind just kind of talking about some of your experiences with just some of the things that you've dealt with especially you know what's your experience with anxiety because i know i think it can it can manifest differently in a lot of different people um so i mean just if you care to talk about some of the ways that it comes up in your life and um how it affects you. Yeah, I, I, um, I think I had anxiety since, since I was a teenager. I, I remember um, facing difficult situations like in high school or um, before high school, and, and I, would, I would become paralyzed with fear, uh, headaches, kind of throwing up, um, all kinds of things. But I, I never, you know, this was a different time and nobody talked about mental illness. We certainly know wouldn't bring that up that wasn't something that was going on so I I just kind of ignored it and ignored it and got older and older Uh, but it was always there Um, so much so that I can think of a few times in my life where I was just paralyzed and didn't know why Um, I think I thought I was depressed or I was tired I was overworked or bored or what have you Um, but it just about five years ago, as a matter of fact, five years ago, just started getting worse and worse and worse. And I, um, I was angry all the time. And I was not only angry with other people, but angry with myself. I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't stand other people. I couldn't stand myself. I didn't want to be around people. Uh, and I didn't want people to be around me. Uh, it's kind of hard for someone in my, um, my vocation not to be want to be around people. Uh, so uh, it just progressed and progressed and got worse and worse. I was dizzy all the time. I thought I was dying. I thought I was having a heart attack. I was at the, hospi- at the hospital frequently in the emergency room. My doctor frequently looking for all kinds of uh, answers to why I felt so shitty. Um, I know you're not swearing, Flo, but I, you know, I do. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. Hey. Be comfortable. Just <laughs> let it happen. Hey, trust me. If I if I could, I would. It's just no. 
funds are uh, funds are tight nowadays. It can't be uh, can't be every other word. But yeah, go keep going. Now, so it just got to a point where uh, one day and it happened to be a Sunday. You know, the day most people think I work because I have the rest of the week off. I couldn't leave my house. I could not leave my house. Um, I had to call around and get other priests to do mass. I, I, I couldn't leave. I could not leave. And I tried and I tried. I couldn't even, you know, I went up, took a shower, got dressed. It was like, I'm not leaving this house. And from that day on, it was, um, you know, I called people. That's the day I asked for help. That's the day I said, look, this is not working. I need help. And uh, two days later, I was in an inpatient treatment um, place uh, in a hospital in Pennsylvania, angry, pissed off, um, tired, uh, frustrated, wanting them to fix me immediately. Um, it was just horrible. But over the course of the next three and a half months, um, I learned some coping skills, some healthy coping skills. I think we could all tell stories about how we had unhealthy coping skills. Um, I learned all kinds of um, things about myself, um, and uh, I, I'm where I am today because of that. So I, I think the most important thing I did was say, I need help, because it wasn't going to go away. It wasn't, the coping, um, the coping mechanisms that I had in place were just making matters worse. So... Um, that's sort of where I was in a nutshell. I mean, it was it was a horrible thing, and um, it it just it was terrible that feeling. And I uh, I have Crohn's disease also, so if you told me I had to give up my um, anti-anxiety medication or my anti-Crohn's medication, I would deal with Crohn's every day of the week before I would deal with another panic attack or anxiety attack. So um, that's kind of my story in a nutshell. The, the day before I had my major meltdown, I was uh, hearing confessions at the college. We were having a college retreat and this young lady came and she sat across from me. And by the time the confession was over, she was having an anxiety attack. And I was so ignorant about what anxiety was that I, I just did the worst thing I possibly could. I said, you just need to calm down. You, you'll be okay, you need to calm down which now I recognize if somebody said that to me would, would only make matters worse. <laughs> so uh, just to say, you know, I, I didn't learn what I needed to know until I really needed to know it. So, um, and one more kind of thing I'll, I'll uh, caveat I'll put to this is, you know, as I was thinking about doing this podcast, you know, it's, I think people will think, well, you're older and you're a priest, you should have all your shit together by the time you're this old and, and you're a priest, you should know this. And, and I have to say that the, the only part of my life that wasn't out of control was, was my faith life, my prayer life. I was doing those things brought me great comfort. I could do them without anxiety. It was the only part of my life that was not out of control. Everything else I had no control over. I think, uh, well, just to we'll go back to the you know, the whole faith life part in a bit, but I just wanted to talk about kind of some of the ways that a couple of different things, some of the ways that, you know, you find yourself coping nowadays that are beneficial, that help you out. And then also just talking about 
um, you know, kind of your experience about being in inpatient care and, and seeking that help, because I think a lot of people fear that. Um, it's a very, you know, daunting thing to be told that you're going to be going to, you know, inpatient care. And it's like people fear because they don't know what's on that sort of side of things. But as someone who, who experienced that, what, what was that situation like for you? And how did it help you and just kind of your experience with going through that? Well, I, I think in retrospect, we can always say something was good, even though when we're going through it, it wasn't. I, um, I liken um, going to psychiatric hospital is doing purgatory. Um, you don't want to be there, but it's time well spent. Um, as I said, I spent 30, I, I read 37 books. Um, I went to group therapy. I went to individual therapy. It took me a while because my mind was so addled and so um, confused. It took me a while to realize that these people were really there to help me. I thought they were imposing all these restrictions on me or telling me that I had to do this, this, and this because you know they were trying to keep me down or something. But the fact was they knew I needed to rest. They knew I needed to shut my mind down. They knew I didn't need all this stimulation. They knew, to, knew I needed to be um, calmed. And so that's what they did. They set up an environment where that could happen. Um, and it took me a while to learn that and to understand that. I, I, I think it, you know, it is a frightening thing and uh, to go into, but if we get to a point where we have to ask for help, we should be open to receiving that help. The other thing we need to, for, that of course I never forgot was, I'm in control of my own well-being. Even in the midst of my uh, crisis, I, I knew that I was in control. So there were things that they would ask me to do that I wouldn't do, or that I would say, no, you have to tell me why I'm doing this. How is this going to make me better? Because I don't understand how it's going to make me better. Or, or I'm just not gonna do this. One of the things I refuse to do was mindfulness. Uh, I find mindfulness to be just annoying. So <laughs> I can't do that. Um, uh, it, I, I think it makes me into somebody I'm not. I'm not, uh, I'm not a person who's gonna spend you know, 20 minutes eating a candy bar because I wanna do it mindfully. Um, I, I, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. So um, it's a scary first day, it's a scary first few weeks, and then you get into it and you realize this is going to be helpful, uh, but I have to get into it. The anger kept me from plugging into everything they had to offer. So it's a scary thing. I think it's a lot of people's issues. Um, just sort of realizing that those people are there to help you. I think that's a lot of people's reasons why they don't even see therapists to begin with. Cause they just kind of, you know, question, you know, who's this person that I'm telling these problems to, like, they don't really care. You know, I think it's just all about your perspective on it. Like, you know, Jacob came on and told his story about therapy. He's like, yeah, I have no problem telling them because I don't even know him. I'm never going to see him again. I can say anything I want and they're, I'll, they're not going to judge me. I don't even know me. Well, you know, the, the thing, you know, and I, I, I've listened to guys talk about therapists and it's not for everybody, but you know, at the same token, token, some people know, what we need to hear better than we do. And it's because of experience. So um, I always think that it, finding a good therapist is important. And to find a good therapist may not be the first person you go to. If the person you go to is, you know, I've been to therapists and said, no, this isn't work. 
it's not going to happen. This person's not, you know, not interested or his, the way his or her way of thinking is not helpful. I mean, I wouldn't, even though I'm mostly bald, I wouldn't go to a barber who wouldn't give me a good haircut. And I'm not going to go to a therapist who's not going to take good care of my, 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 of me. So um, I think it's important to find the right person. I mean, we will share our stories or our worst moments with all kinds of people. Uh, we will laugh with them, we'll share a, a moments with them, but we won't go to a professional. And I put myself in that category. We won't go to a professional to talk about something that's harming us. You know? So even, even to our own personal doctors, we'll, as athletes, you must do this, or I, I think you'll, you'll diminish an injury so you can keep playing without remembering that that doctor is going to do more to keep you playing than he is going to do over the long haul than he is going to do to keep you from playing for that, just that, that game or that moment. Make sense? So I just think that it's important that we find people who know how to help us to help us. That makes sense at all. Yeah, I think, I think what you just said about the barber is probably the best way to really describe it because i mean for me i <laughs> i only go i will only get my hair cut by one guy and it made me think back to college when you know this i was told that i need to talk to someone every day i tried it and i couldn't really it wasn't helping and then i tried somebody else it wasn't helping but then i found the right outlet for me Right. And, you know, it, it is a trial and error, but that goes with all the coping mechanisms that, you know, people try and whatnot. And going back to what you were saying about uh, when you realize that you needed help and you said enough was enough, I think that's the hardest part with anxiety and depression or just any sort of problem in general is because you're so unsure of what's actually happening that you don't want to seem like you're complaining or along those lines, but it gets to a certain point when, like you said, enough is enough. But I think at least for me, like admitting something was wrong was the hardest part and asking for help because I mean, especially as athletes, we just want to toughen it out and get through it on our own and, at the end of the day, we're just digging ourselves a bigger, uh, a bigger hole. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think that's the case, and it's not just athletes; it's all of us. You know, I, I read a book in, um, in the hospital called "I Don't Want to Talk About It," and it was about mental illness in in men, and we're very um, slow. Men are much more, much slower to identify and to admit their need for help with mental issues than women. Most men um, who have depression or anxiety uh, manifest that in anger. But, uh, uh, man, I had a point, now I lost it. Don't you hate that when that happens? That happens. Get ready, it's going to happen a lot more as you get older. <laughs> Every day. Uh, yeah, but it, it just talked about how men are slow to ask for help. And we, we ultimately, you know, get to a point, I know the point I was going to make is that, we get to a point of panic if, if your if your issue is anxiety. We get to a point of panic, and panic really is defined as the fear of fear. 
I was so afraid of being afraid that I couldn't function. And so, yeah, I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't doing anything. I was perfunctory, doing my duties just in a perfunctory way. So, yeah, it's important to ask for help. The other thing is, um, and I know we'll probably get to this point at some point in this conversation, is um, when I say a professional, it doesn't necessarily have to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I mean, there are many students who came to me at UMaine that needed psychiatry or psychological help. And my response was to meet with them several times and then try to encourage them to do the counseling center or to find a therapy for them. Um, there's a lot less stigma coming to a priest than there is going to uh, the counseling center. You know, you can easily say, where'd you go? Well, I went to talk to my priest. Well, your, your buddies might give you a hard time about that because I didn't know you were religious, but you can deal with, uh, you know, being a little religious, but you can't deal with being a little mentally ill, you know. Why, why are you going to a psychiatrist? What's wrong with you? Um, so I think there's a lot less stigma seeing a priest or seeing a member of the clergy than there is seeing a psychiatrist or a counselor. A good priest is going to help you see uh, that you need help that he can't give you. So I think that's important. I, I agree. I think that's where you came in to play for me personally was, you know, there were times in my experience at UMaine where I was having a pretty hard time and um, you know, you were someone I went to first and even after I had left Maine, you were someone who I would go to and just kind of be able to talk through things and um, you know, just kind of seek you for help and guidance in, in certain areas. And I think it's um, like you said, it's a nice way to get your foot in the door and then you can do whatever you can do to help that person. And then, you know, there comes a time when you have to say, okay, you know, I think you should see a psychiatrist and get that sort of help too. But I think um, you were beneficial to me. And I think having you as a, you know, member of the team and working with us and having chapel just kind of helped me personally. I think that, um, you know, in no way, I think that in no way were you, you know, shutting religion down to anyone's throat it was just an hey this is an open door policy if this is for you great come in if it's not okay don't come in that's fine even if it's not you want to come in sure have a seat you know and that was the beauty about that was that it was just uh that open door policy was able to you know you didn't feel obligated to come every single time to chapel but if you wanted to step in you could and then that's how i got my foot in the door was i wasn't in every what was it wednesday i wasn't in every day every wednesday no. after practice goer but you know i went when i went and then you know, I felt compelled to talk to you and it was beneficial. So I think, uh, you know, I think that could be huge for a lot of people is having a resource like you as well. Well, and, and here's the thing, what happens in a particular situation, in our, my particular situation, and, and this is probably not the most healthy of situations is uh, the more I talk to people with anxiety, the better I get. So I can recognize, oh, it's not, it, it, it is okay to, to not be okay. It's okay to be anxious. It's okay that um, that uh, today I, I I'm I'm uh, low functioning or that I'm 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 
you know, not fit company for anybody, including myself. So I'm going to go lock myself in the house and, and on all of that. And all of your guests have certainly I've picked up something from all of them. I think one of the, uh, the one of the best, you know, short little pieces of uh, uh, great information that I garnered along this was, you know, you can fight the tide for so long or you can surf. And I think that's important. You know, that I can I can fight the anxiety or I can just ride it for as long as it's going to last. I mean, I, I do have medication. I'm trying the uh, the daily dose. I'm having my um, tea and uh, my kava stress relieving tea and a uh, little little CBD because I was having a little uh, anxiety before getting on here because this, everything gives me anxiety these days. So I, I did that. Did you do the right plug for your sponsor? Oh, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of, what kind of tea, uh, what flavor? It's just called Kava stress reliever. There's a, uh, the peach tranquility one is really good. Well, they, um, that same company that makes that has a one called tension tamer too. Okay. I'll have to try that one. They have this stuff called caramel bedtime tea, which is excellent. It's excellent. So yeah, uh, Yogi makes one too. I believe it uh, is the company. It's there's the bedtime one, then the uh, stress relief one is. Yeah, that's it. The Yogi Kaba stress reliever. Yeah, so the the bedtime one is uh, my saving grace. <laughs> the, do you do the, uh, the caramel bedtime one or the other one? The caramel one, yeah. Yeah. So. It's, yeah, uh, so if I if I can kind of give a plug to uh, to religion and to faith, um, you, over the course of your conversations, one of the things that you've mentioned over and over again is meditation, and you know Christian faith and particularly Catholic faith is, has had a tradition of meditation for years and years and years, and prior to going to the hospital, I mean I couldn't sit still for for two minutes much less 20 minutes. Uh, you're the, the, the woman that you had on one before who talked about um, you know, meditating for at least two minutes a day. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it. I couldn't sit still. We have this thing where we call adoration, where you sit in silence for an hour and I, four minutes and I was done. Um, so I am um, coming back from the hospital. I committed to saying, okay, I need to, I need to quiet myself down. So I decided that every day I would do an hour of um, of prayer first thing in the morning. So from 6.30 to 7.30 every every Monday morning it started, and then I extended it to every morning. But 6.30 to 7.30 every morning. Um, and most days I can do it. Most days I sit for the whole hour. Um, I, it's not all in silence. I do some reading. I do some praying. But there's maybe 25, 30 minutes of just silence, which ends up being me thinking about how parish is going to pay the oil bill or how we're going to do this or how we're going to do that or why I'm so anxious or what am I going to do for Thanksgiving? And it's all just kind of sitting there in, in this moment of meditation and this stuff comes up and it's just, here it is, you know, and I make it part of my prayer. I make it part of my meditation, but I'm going to sit here and I'm going to enjoy this hour of unencumbered time. There's nothing weighing on me. There's nothing better that I need to be doing. This is what I need to be doing. It, for me, it's it's one hour in front of it's one hour with Jesus. It's one hour in His presence with Him, in a calming situation, 
And even if I'm not calm, even if I'm angry or if I'm frustrated or if I'm tired, it's an hour with Jesus, frustrated, tired, uh, whatever, whatever the situation, but it's an hour that I commit every day to doing this. Um, that's a, I know it's a luxury for a lot of people to say, I don't have an hour to, to sit in meditation, but I suspect if we looked at our day, we, we could all find an hour to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take an hour for me. We don't have a problem with taking an hour to go to the gym. Why not take an hour to do something that's good for your for your for your um, for your soul as well as your your uh, mind? Is it, it one of the most important aspects or things we have to remember about ourselves? Is that we're whole people. We're mind, we're body, and we're soul. And if any one of those is out of balance, we are out of balance. We're, our life is messy. And so how do we keep those in balance all the time? And I, I wish I had an answer for you. I don't. I know what, I know what works for me most of the time, um, but I don't know what works for everybody all of the time. Yeah. It's uh, hard to figure that out. And I remember that was a lot of things that we spoke about, and that was something that you kind of helped me work through was <clears throat> just making sure that you're taking care of those things and whatever is working for you isn't going to work for everybody else and um, just kind of taking time for yourself and making sure that you're checking in and making sure that everything is, you know, I guess in check and just making sure that you're doing those, you know, housekeeping items to make sure that you're, you know, you're watching out for yourself. You know, we can take a time, you know, like you said you can take an hour out to go to the gym, but you know, it's mind, body, soul. If your mind's not right, then the rest of it's going to be out of balance. I think that's something that we talked about a lot here. Um, the other guess was that, you know, you could do all the physical training you want in the off season, but come in season, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that don't go your way and yeah. a lot of stuff comes up. And what did you do to help out your mind or what did you do to help out your soul to right. get everything else in line? You know, you can be the strongest person on the face of the earth and lift all the weights, but at the end of the day, it can all come crashing down if everything else isn't in, you know, in sync. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And one other thing, my, um, one other thing is, I, and I think this is important, and I think we have to do this intentionally and deliberately, is have a sense of humor. Don't you lose your sense of humor. Be able to laugh, not only at situations, but be able to laugh at yourself. The, um, like Before I went to the hospital, if I, if I made a mistake celebrating mass, I would start getting jittery. And I would start thinking, oh, I'm a terrible person. I'm an awful person. Um, now I just laugh. I just laugh or I just, you know, chuckle at myself that I've made this mistake. And I don't do anything intentionally. But um, if I screw up, it's not the end of the world. Um, so I think it's important to keep a sense of humor about yourself. Be able to laugh at yourself. Be able to laugh with others. Um, you know, Keep a sense of humor about yourself. And, and again, you know, I'm not going to short sell faith. It's, I think it's an important thing. I think taking uh, five minutes a day to, which one of you said you, 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 every day you write down three things you're grateful for? I do that. that you, yeah. I think that, I, mean, that's I don't a, know, but it's something I definitely do. Yeah. I think that's an excellent practice. It reminds us who we are and how we are in relationship to one another and to God. And, and, and these days, it's important when 
you know, everything seems to be crappy to be able to stop and say, well, here, I'm grateful for this. I don't have COVID. I'm up this morning. I'm able to do my job. I'm able to help other people, whatever that you're grateful for today. I wouldn't be really grateful you don't have COVID today because you don't know what tomorrow brings. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I think um, being in touch with your faith has been something that I've drifted from. And, you know, um, when I've come back to it, I find that it's helped me with my anxiety. It's something, you know, I haven't really mentioned this, but I'll pray every morning and, you know, thank God for another day of life. And I'll pray at night, thanking God for another day of life, thanking him for my health, my family's health. And um, it's just kind of helped me out with the things like, you know, there are a lot of things in this life that we live that are out of our control. And at the end of the day, um, there's no sense in worrying about it. For me, the way it helps me is I just, you know, pray, hope for the best and chalk it up to a higher power. And, and that, and that's just my way of just saying, you know what, it's, what am I going to do? I can only put in so much effort and that's all I can do. It's all I'm asked of to give my best effort. And, you know, um, it's just, that's what works for me. So, I mean, other people are different with it, but. I, I, you know, as a season ticket holder at UMaine, go blue. Last team, last team they beat. Who was the last team they beat was (laughs) PC. (laughs) What? The last team they beat before COVID was uh, PC. So. No, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I don't know. <laughs> but you would have stopped that. <laughs> um, uh, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, as a season ticket, I used to sit there and I used to, I used to think, oh man, I would love, I would love, love, love to be able to do what these guys do. I just have no, um, no athletic ability at all, none. But I, I would just watch the guy skate, and I think, man, I just. I, I wish I was younger. I wish I were, you know, I'd grown up in Maine and maybe had the ice to, to, to do that and had the opportunity to do that. You don't really, you know, have ice in South Carolina. So, you know, the guys that would come and chat with me about stuff, I would always say, you know, you should give thanks to God every day that you have this gift. I mean, look at what you can do. Um, and, and if we keep in mind of what, where our gifts come from, it also helps us to be better stewards of them so that we're, we're not thinking that, especially with athletes, you're not thinking that that's all you are. You're not just an athlete. You're a student and you're a person, you're a brother and you're a son and you're um, a beloved child of God and all of these things. And, and all that God asks of you in all of these things is to be the best that you can be, not the best, you know, there's already been a, a Wayne Gretzky. Not a, you know, we don't need another one. You know, priests can put ourselves on on a track, a task, or a track that causes us great failure because we think we have to be, you know, like Pope John Paul. Where there already was one, there doesn't need to be another one. He he's the one. I just have to be the best Bill Labby I can be, um, and that's all we have to be. And so if we keep our minds open to where our gifts come from, and if we're grateful for those things and then it helps us to keep balance too but if you you know don't stop me i'll, I'll start preaching and you don't want that oh i should have a, i should have a question about that um which i was thinking about this earlier and um, i'm reminded of it now do you find that it makes you have a level of anxiety and you're almost put on a certain pedestal because you know um 
you know, your father, Bill, and people look at you as like, oh, you have to be perfect or, you know, you follow, you know, you're in this path in life and you have a, um, you know, it's like a pressure to be almost in a sense perfect and you have a hard time separating your profession from who you are, but it's kind of in the same box, you know, like, you know, um, yes and no. The, the, I, I love everything about being a priest. I mean, I probably love being a priest as much as you guys love being hockey player, players, probably more, because um, I'm not going to get injured. Well, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, the thing that causes me anxiety, you're right, is that I can't go out in public and do things because people are always watching me. So I'm always anxious about that. I can't go to the grocery store because people will look at, well, I can, but I have to be ready for people to look in my cart and say, oh, Father, you're eating nice this week, aren't you? Or I, I can't go see a particular movie because people say, oh, Father, that movie's rated R. Well, you're here, <laughs> so why can't I be here? You know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, that's, the, that's the curse of, of public life. But it's not like I didn't know that. Right. I knew that that's what I was signing up for. The other thing is, Danny and, and, and Anthony, is that because of all the scandals in the, in the church and the priesthood, uh, not many people put us on pedestals anymore, which I'm grateful for. I'm a human being. I'm a sinner. I, I, I screw up 10 times a day and um, have a filthy mouth and, and struggle with uh, overeating and all the sins that there are, there are out there. And I'm, I'm grateful that people now see me as a human being. I'm also grateful that people know that I have anxiety. They know that I, I struggle with uh, PTSD and, and some levels of depression and OCD. I'm glad they know that because the more they know I'm human, the more I can, I can work with them. So now, no, share. it's much easier for me to talk to you about, uh, to talk to both of you about what's going on in my head because you know that I'm just a human. I'm just, you know, you're not looking at me as Father Bill the, the saint. You're looking at me as Father Bill the person who struggles with a lot of the same things we, we do, um, but also has some insight that comes from being old and grumpy. My nickname is Krabby Labby, just so you know. But I, I'm... I'm a hundred times better than I used to be. Uh, maybe a thousand times better. I, I I love not getting angry anymore. I don't get angry. I don't fly off the handle. I used to be in the car. I, I wished I had a Humvee so I could push people out of the way. It was literally that bad. Danny can tell you the ride from Old Town to Orno is a four and a half mile ride. It can take you 30 minutes because people drop off, stop off and have lunch on the way. And it mm -hmm. used to drive me crazy. So. Yeah. Well, you've lived in two areas where people don't really aren't in any rush to be driving, and that's <laughs> South and and Maine is pretty uh pretty nonchalant drivers. I think you maybe need to get down to New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Boston. I I spent seven years in Boston in seminary. That's where I kind of honed my aggressive driving skills. Yeah, there so. you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, but, it's brutal. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's what I have to offer. You know, if, if, you know, you want me to do a parting shot or something like that, um, I know that for many, for athletes, for regular students, again, there is a stigma to going to the, to the, the counseling center. Don't ever forget that 
almost every campus, every campus has some type of chaplaincy, has some kind of ministry on that campus and some kind of minister. So if you, if you're, if you're reluctant to go to that kind of counseling, seek out that minister, uh, seek out, um, see out a priest. Um, if he's grouchy and grumpy and not helpful, walk away. But if he's helpful, then, then establish that relationship because he can be a good, a good resource uh, for meditation, for calm, just to offer you a place that's quiet, to offer you a place that's, um, you know, that can give you some, can recharge your batteries, can recharge your mind, can quiet your mind. Um, I think that's very important. It's another, it's another tool in the arsenal. Um, don't, don't just toss that out and say, well, you know, I'm not Catholic. I can't go see a priest. Yes, you can. You can. And if you're Catholic and they have a rabbi, you can go see the rabbi. But, you know, establish that trusting relationship, test it out, make sure that it works for you, um, that the person listens, that they're, they're not, they don't have an agenda, that they're there to listen and, and to help you with what you need help with. Um, and I do think the work that you guys are doing is very important. Uh, last week, um, I was having some really high anxiety and I just texted Danny and said, hey, I'm having high anxiety. It's a... It's a pain in the butt. I, I didn't need a response. I just needed to say it to somebody who knew what it meant. And that's all. So, you know, I can share that too. And that's my that's my big offering for you guys. But mostly have a sense of humor. Yeah, I've been telling Danny that all the time. <laughs> does he not have a sense of humor? <laughs> no, he does. He does. I just I just mess with Danny a lot. He does. Yes. He knows how to get under my skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just don't yeah. respond. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can do that. I mean, I, I have two buddies who, uh, they're both priests, but one of them is birthday today. So um, they, we do that all the time. I mean, I, I can call John and his priest, Father John, and say, John, I'm having a high anxiety day. And he'll just, he'll just without skipping a beat, say, well, you should just relax. <laughs> and my response immediately is, you have to be an asshole all the time. <laughs> As was like, you should know this. You should know this. We've been friends for 20 years. You should know that I'm going to be an asshole. Like, yeah, I should know. But I'm always hopeful. Awesome. Always hopeful. That's funny. But, no, Father Bill, we really appreciate you coming on and telling your story. And <clears throat> it was, uh, you know, very um, informative for, you know, both of us, I think a lot of people will find it beneficial for them too. And, um, yeah, we just appreciate you coming on and telling your story, being vulnerable and you know, ex explaining your experiences and how they've worked for you. And hopefully other people can have some key takeaways here. I think they will. Right. I, I know at the end of most of these podcasts, you ask people for their socials, but I'm antisocial. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have right there with you, right there I, well, with I'm, you. I have Facebook, which I which I never use because I, I used it when I first got to UMaine because all the college students were using it. But nobody uses Facebook now, so I mean, you have my phone number. If somebody desperately wants to call, to talk to a priest, then give them my phone number. Um, you now have my email address if somebody desperately wants to talk to me, um, which I find um, nobody ever desperately wants to talk to me. So. I was I was just so honored that you let me uh, come on the show and have all this time to talk about we're, me. We were excited to have you on, so um, yeah. Yeah, you know, we're both like I remember I told Flo like, "Hey, 
Father Bill, someone I spoke with back in the day, and you know, helped me out a lot. And still, you know, good friend of mine. Like he wants to come on and tell a story, and he's like, "Yeah, let's do it! Well, yeah, come on!" <laughs> he was like, he was pumped. He was like so op- open about it, and like just pumped to have that opportunity to have you on. So, well, I was. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was living with a family for um, a Billy family that I lived with back in high school. And I lived with them for about a month and a half before I got to training camp. And, you know, they're very religious, um, pray before all the meals, very devoted. And um, that was kind of about the time Danny mentioned that you want to come on. So I told them. And I'm not kidding. I think they were like more excited than fans at a sports game when I told them that you were coming <laughs> on. And um, I, I call them my billet, my billet mom, my billet dad, billet sister, brother, whatever. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. Once I told her that, like when I first got back to living with them, she kept asking me, where's my episode? Where's my episode? <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. So um, I'm going to actually I, I, I hope I don't disappoint out. her. <laughs> no, no, she, she will love it. Um, you know, she's probably going to love that we're talking about her right now, but, um, yeah, so she's, uh, she'll be ecstatic to, you know, finally listen to the most anticipated episode of Monkey Mind History. So, but, um, they, they actually, they gave me, um, the Padre Pio, and then have you ever heard um, the breastplate of St. Patrick? I have. It, so, it's, it's got a prayer on it. Like yeah, it says, so, Christ before me, Christ behind me, something like that. Yeah, um, so I read that every morning, and that's what I was going to say when you were talking about your hour of prayer in the morning. I'll wake up, and I'll read that, and then before bed, I'll do the Padre Pio, so... But um, yeah, I can't wait for her to finally, <laughs> finally get her episode. Well, Anthony, if you're ever in Maine, please look me up. Absolutely. Yeah, Danny can tell you my digits and what have you. See, I I use digits even. Yeah, there so, you go. You're slang. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, and and uh, this might change her mind about me as a priest. I I didn't know what a billet family was until I started watching this show called Letter Kenny. You ever heard of it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that show. I do too. And uh, So that's when I learned what a billet family was. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's yeah, what that yeah. is. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's, I lived with them for a year um, of my three years at boarding school. And then uh, I kept in touch with them. They're just, unbelievable people uh, changed my life and I was lucky enough where I got to go back to the same bedroom I stayed in when I was 15 so 10 years later I found myself in the same spot but um, yeah they're just they're amazing people and I love them to death so good all right I'm good but wait wait before we let you go yeah a little before we end every episode I want to ask our guest for the next month here. What is your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. 
Oh, that was on this morning, but, actually. But but you know, I really I really do like Christmas Vacation. That is that is a hilarious movie. But yeah, it's, it's a classic. It's a Wonderful Life is really my favorite, and uh, I will watch it. I will watch it ten times during Christmas, and I will cry ten times at the end of that movie because <laughs> it, it, at the end it says no one no one who has friends is uh, is a loser or whatever, and it's like oh my god, he said it again. But you know, I, every year, this time of year, I watch TV. I, I don't watch much TV, but I, when I do, I'm like a blubbering idiot because I, they have that Folgers commercial where the, the soldier's home for Christmas. It's like, oh, he made it home again. He was <laughs> <laughs> home last year. It's not like it's a big deal. He's home every Christmas. But, oh, that's great. But it's just, it, it just every year, it's like, <sighs> Yeah. As I get older, I get more emotional about these things. So, yeah, but I, I love one. life. So, it, it's good. It was good to talk to you, Anthony. It was good to meet you. You guys nice keep up this good well. work and keep doing what you do. Um, don't be surprised, uh, Danny, if you get another text from me talking about how I'm, uh, you know, in a miserable way. I, as I said, I'm taking uh, most of next week off just to kind of hibernate. So I'll go to a non-disclosed location, lock myself in a room, and sleep for three days. Yeah. That, that will be very helpful yeah well we'll check on you but um again to everyone out there listening um you heard him here if you ever want to reach out to him and just ch- you know just chat or um you can always get his number from us so send us a message on our instagram monkey mind pod um and we'll be happy to give you his information his email phone number whatever and you can get in touch with him and just talk so um yep yeah Awesome. Thank you again. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you again. Yeah, have Be a great well. night. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Merry Talk Christmas. soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring. Snowing and blowing up bushels of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. Jingle bell.